Episode 140 of In The Movie Podcast. I'm Peter Shepard. And I'm Callum Reid. And um, quick bit of news about my blog. I'm planning to update it this week. No. Yes. It's going to happen. How long has it been? It's been about 14 months. And you'll never guess what's uh, prompted this. Um, I don't know. Um, The um, hiring of Dick Advocat. No, no, come on. <laughs> That's oh, just major indifference about that. Shailene Woodley. Well, Shailene Woodley's prompted a lot of things, mm. as we'll get on to. Mm. But um, no, it's Diana Ross. I'm writing about Diana Ross in Lady Sings the Blues. Right, interesting. So that will be in red light later this month, oh, or next yes. month. I, did I have something? Oh yeah, it would have been top of the farm we're going to talk about it now. Um, right, yeah, so uh, we're going to start off, not with news, because it's not really news that these people are alive, but probably the most ridiculous birthday list that I've just seen, really. Um, so it's on IMDb earlier today, it's the 23rd of March, Monday night when we're recording this, yeah. and uh, it is, the, these are the people who were actually, the four people who made me think, oh, great, got Michelle Monaghan and Kerry Russell's 39th birthday. No. Catherine Keener. 56, and Amanda Plummer, 58. So, no. the, the, all those four people will be on the same day. And that was just four out of the five that IMDb put on. So, it is also Hope Davis's birthday. To round <laughs> you out, like all of these people. <laughs> to round out a quintet of um, current working uh, actresses. Alongside, this is a ridiculous trio of directors. Akira Kurosawa... Oof. Michal Haneke. Wow. And Jean Colisera. <laughs> <laughs> last week, people, last week. Um, and wow. to top it all off, this is one you will appreciate the most. It would have been Joan Crawford's 110th birthday. Oh my god. <laughs> so, favourite Joan Crawford performance? Well, I. I, I think I'm gonna have to say Awesome Leaves, although I mentioned this recently. Um, it's a tough one, though. So many good ones, but what's your favourite? Um, I'll probably go something like The Women. Oh, okay. Just for the just for the craziness of it. Um, well, she's got that killer line, hasn't she? It's something like, um, "If <laughs> I can't remember what it is, it's something like if I want your man to look at me, I'll take it off, or something like that." It's like a proper slutty lie. Mm. Um, but um, yeah. So, uh, what about a uh, Kurosawa? You got a favorite Kurosawa film? That would be Rashomon. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably me too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, maybe. But Ran. I mean. Ran. Ran. Ran's it's completely. It's like comparing Zhang Yimou's early films to like Hero and Had Flying Daggers. It's completely, completely different. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, Hanukkah favorite. Um, I don't know actually. I haven't seen that many of his films. Mm. Cache for me. Cache, uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, Sarah? Non-stop. Uh, unknown. <laughs> um, do you have a favourite Michelle Monaghan in anything? I, you know what, Eagle Eye is fun. <laughs> what was the one where she's like playing Trailer Park? Trucker? Mom. Yes, that's the one. That was the, that's one of these Oscar buzzy yeah, nothing performances that nothing, yeah. yeah. Well, I quite like when Gone Baby Gone. She's good in that, yeah. Mm. Kerry Russell take it with saying wait- waitress. Um, I hate waitress. Nah. Can we, hold on, can we go back to, what about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from oh, Michelle? Good, good, well, good God. <laughs> good God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, Kerry Russell. I don't know. Isn't her best? Nice. Yeah, isn't her best work on TV though? Oh, yeah, actually, she's really good in uh, The Upside of Anger. Mm. Mm. Uh, Keena, here's an interesting one. Forty-year-old virgin. Mm. I will go with. Uh, uh, oh, really? Oh, that well. Uh, Ballad of Jack and Rose. She's really, really nice in that. I want to see that actually. That's Dear Lewis, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Amanda Plummer, what happened to her? Um, Tarantino stopped working with her. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> but she was also in Sorry, Married an Axe Murderer, which will always be my favourite performance of hers. <laughs> what is that, Mike Myers? Yes, yeah, it's a very funny film. It's got uh, Anthony Lapaglia in it as well when he was young. Uh, Hope Davis. Um, Davis. American Splendor. I've not seen American Splendor, mm. which is bad. Mm. I know. I know what you're going to say. Uh, well, not in treatment. That didn't count. Okay. Um, next up, Wonderland. She's really, really nice in. It's um the guy who did the Machinist, Anderson. Yes. Yeah. But he did like this really nice little um, rom-comish type thing in the late nineties, which was very, very good. He also did a film called uh, Session Nine, I think, mm. um, which is about it, it's, it's the music, horror. It's the musical version of uh, Helen Hunt getting naked with Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> What's that? Session Nine. <laughs> I'm just combining nine in the sessions. Oh right. <laughs> I was thinking, are you talking no. about actual film? Oh god, no. I would never put those two actors together. <laughs> But you know, hey. <laughs> um, who else do we have? Is that it? Um, for best of, um, yeah, that's the last one. Okay, we may also have a um, brainstorm session later. Mm. Something I'm going to bring up. Okay. All right. Um, quick bit of news, non-film related. Mm-hmm. I saw your Facebook message about Kanye West. Nah. <laughs> Headline in Glastonbury. Yes. Well, no, no, how, a, do you notice how now that I don't actually post on Facebook, each thing that I do takes on more importance? <laughs> it's. I've noticed you just started ranting. There was one big <laughs> rant about boyhood, and then yeah, <laughs> the yeah. next one's a big rant about Glastonbury. Mm. Lots of people not happy about Kanye uh, headlining Glastonbury. No, of course not. Um, but what, 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 but what why t- is that? It's because it's basically... The, it's the, not a the, rock. The festival is, is built on um, serious music and K 
Kanye is one of the most pretentious uh, people because he wants to take him, he takes himself so seriously and he's not at all. Um, my, I take actually more issue with Emily Evis's defence of him rather than the with the, the, the decision rather than the actual decision itself because it's almost as if Kanye's PR people wrote it. It's saying they've got one of the most important um, uh, artists of his generation. Not even artists, it's a, but it like goes beyond that. Master, masterful people of his generation, or, or whatever. The language is just ridiculous, and it just inflates the man's ego even more than it already is, which wasn't actually physically possible. So, but no, I mean, thing is, it's, it, have him on, fine, but have him on like second or third down on the Sunday night. I've got no problems with him playing at Glastonbury, but don't make give his ego the boost of having him headline it when he won't when it's, when the people who are going to go there don't actually want that sort of thing anyway I think yeah well, put it this I way think he's, put I it this way Jay-Z, Jay-Z headlining was the first time it, you could, it didn't sell out right okay and you could get day tickets on the day <laughs> yeah I do think it's against the demo although I personally wouldn't mind seeing him well no I, I didn't necessarily mind when the Pet Shop Boys played because I thought well, I'd probably go down and see him but it's not that much of a departure, really. <laughs> mm. Okay. Mm. Are we doing preconceptions? Uh, yes. Uh, so this week, Cal is doing Mommy. Yeah. Uh, Which I've already <laughs> done. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're just gonna, well basically, we're just going to have a little talk about... In, 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 in honour of the release <laughs> of, Mommy, of Mommy, we're going to talk about Xavier Dolan. Um, apart from that, this week, we've got The Gunman, The Voices, and... Oh my god, what is this film's actual title? The Divergent Series Insurgent. As if nobody is going to twig that it's actually from the same series. They're that paranoid. Yeah. Because oh. there's, cause it, they haven't got the same last four letters of the word. Five, five letters of the word. <laughs> okay. Um, pre- are we going to have preconceptions for Mommy? Uh, no, because you've seen it and I haven't. So, <laughs> so preconceptions for the gunman. Did you see this? I, can't I did not. No. Okay. Um, right. So my preconceptions for the gunman was I think I'd seen one trailer. I'd certainly seen the. It'd been advertised quite a bit. Uh, in yeah. terms, in terms of um, uh, buses and uh, posters and what have you. Um, so I knew it was Sean Penn I knew it was quite an interesting cast uh, I knew Javier Bardem was in it um, I think I knew Winston was in it and um, I was kind of expecting something I was expecting an action film but I was expecting it to be an action film in the way that um, the interpreter was a thriller so more of a slow burner not necessarily a set piece well even intelligent though, yeah, yeah even, I, mean, I was going to say not necessarily set piece based but then the interpreter has one hell of a set piece with the seal on the bus um, yeah but yeah so I was, I was sort of like hoping it would be on that sort of level because I quite like the interpreter I think he just sort of got lost in the shuffle and I thought it was quite good oh did you know who directed this I did know that it was uh, the guy who did Taking News yeah I did too which mm. put me off ha <laughs> So what about the voices? Because I didn't see this, and I didn't really know anything about it apart from Anna Kendrick was in it. Yes. Um, yeah, the voices. I knew that it was a horror. Well, it had been billed as a horror comedy, which is not necessarily positive for me. But um, I did like the cast. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, not a huge fan, but mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick and Gemma Arterton, I knew were in it, and I, I like both of those. Mm-hmm. And it was readily available, so I thought. I'd check it out what is happening here because 
I'm seeing all the Matthias Schoenarts films and you're seeing all the uh, Gemma Rosten films. I don't know. Maybe it's solidarity. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we're just both in denial. Um, <laughs> I'm not in denial, don't right, so, so, insurgent. Let's just call it that. Um, yeah, let's... Shailene Woodley's terrific. Um, I think she's been great in everything she's been in. Um, so she was a positive. Mm-hmm. I watched Divergence. I saw, I saw that you had yes. The morning I went to see Insurgent, literally about two hours before. Mm. So and it what, could what not have think? been fresher in my mind. I think? enjoyed it. It's it's quite good, isn't it? For, oh, okay. How do you think you compare with the Hunger Games? Um, I think it's. A tad below the first Hunger Games, mm-hmm. but not much. Mm-hmm. It's on a similar level. I'd say, you know, high yeah. three star stuff. Yeah, I think I gave it like a low four. I think it like seven out of ten. Just I think it did for what it was. I think it did it quite well. Yeah, um, yeah. I didn't have too many problems with it overall. Um, well, of course not. It's got Jai Courtney in it. It was. <laughs> just wait. Just wait. <laughs> Um, I thought the relationship was quite weak in the first one with mm-hmm. her and Theo. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought the end felt a bit rushed of the um, first one. What did you think about Miles Teller? I remember thinking he was pretty insufferable. In, like, one of the biggest negatives in the in the first film. Yeah, but also the character's not written very well. No. 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 Right. Um, so, yeah, me. Um, I did quite like it, uh, Divergent. I thought it was well made. Uh, Shh. Uh, when it comes to um, the rest of the cast, as, as I was just saying, um, I wasn't very uh, impressed with um, uh, Miles Teller in that particular one. Theo was not bad, actually. I didn't think. Um, no, I think he. I think he did. We did what he had to, which is basically stand there, look pretty, and uh, not embarrass himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, can we? Can I just have a little bitch about? How she gets him out of that stupor near the end of the first one. Mm, yeah, How does yeah. she manage that? That's so stupid. It doesn't really, really make a tremendous amount of sense. I agree. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, great tattoo. Yeah, Shailene, um, yeah, Shailene, I do, I do like, um, what am I looking on this for? I was looking, I've just gone into, yeah, oh, that's it, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, Neil Berger did the last one, uh, didn't. Yeah. Do the net this one? This one was the guy who did uh, the Time Traveler's Wife and Red, I believe, off the top of my head. And Flight Plan. Yes. Robert Schwenk. Schwenker, or whatever his name is, yeah. Schwenke. Schwenke. Flight Plan, the ripoff of The Lady Vanishes. Well, to- totally. Totes. Totes. Yeah, so uh, Schwenke, um, fl- with, with Flight Plan, the Time Traveler's Wife and Red, um, it's just all okay to decent films. I don't think there's a Bad one in there necessarily. I think Flight Plan's probably the closest one to it. Mm. Um, I thought Red was quite fun, so I didn't think he was a. I thought he was quite a good fit actually, especially uh, considering the um, visual style of the first one as well. Okay, yeah. Right. So um, this is where we um, get our that. get our rosary beads out and <laughs> for Arini. Yeah, Arini cocks a, cocks the gu- whatever guns that she has. <laughs> in the building. Um, yeah, mommy. T- did you see Tom at the farm? Yes, I did. Yes. 
So we're going to... Basically, what happened... Because Tomato Farm's already come out, so do you want to start with that? Yeah, yeah. Basically, what happened was... This is why this happened. I was at the cinema, and this advert for... A trailer for a film came on, and I just thought, oh, God, what is this piece of... What was the phrase I used? Commercial French crap. Uh, And it turned out that it was a trailer for Mommy, which I didn't actually realise until right at the very end. I had no clue what what it was. I just thought it was just another... A really commercial Cesar um, best uh, act newcomer in a leading role type thing. Um, That's uh, funny because you always bitch about the fact that the French don't like their commercial stuff. And well, no, now you you're bitching they, about well, their well, commercial well, stuff. Well, no, no, they do in that, but that's the thing. I mean, they, um, the, um, well, with, with the French, when I say, well, with that, that's a cahier du cinema. Anything that's ex- that's not a can, if it's a can, it's getting it's getting good reviews. Or if it's a big film festival, it's getting reviews. If it's not a big film festival and it's French and it's getting international distribution, the maximum they'll give it is three stars. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Um, I wonder what yes. they gave this. <laughs> well, it's a festival, so I imagine they gave it. You know, and it did really well at Cannes, so I imagine they loved it. Um, uh, so the uh, so I saw the trailer first and I thought oh god and then I looked at how long it was and it was like 140 minutes and I thought oh god because I didn't I turned I've turned off both of his previous films um, the first one after five minutes just because I wasn't having it <laughs> which one was that how I killed my I killed my mother or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. I just well, I, I can't really say that was a I didn't I wasn't in the mood for it um, and then uh, Lawrence anyways I gave up after, after about 70 minutes I think that should be, I think it would be a funny review actually go on my blog that would be a funny review I literally just cut, cut and pasted the uh, notes that I was se- sending you yeah <laughs> on instant message as I was watching it 70 minutes not even halfway no Lawrence, anyways no um, yeah so I thought if I'm gonna watch Mommy I'm gonna watch Tom at the Farm because I've got a reason to watch Tom at the Farm because Evelyn brochures in it um, and it's uh, short, and it's eighty-eight minutes long. So that was sort of like my litmus test as forever on on uh, Sunday morning as to whether I was going to watch Mommy later. And uh, let's just say I didn't watch Mommy later. <laughs> oh God. Well, let's let's start with that then. Well, let's start with let's go chronological. Why did you turn Lawrence anyways off? Because I liked Lawrence anyways. Uh, it was just the I was just getting really frustrated with the endless. Um, uh, music video montages yeah. and um, uh, I thought it was pretty uh, I turned it off event at the very end because he's, when he starts quoting Pontius Pilots because he's gay it was just, it was just way too way too um, over the top um, yeah no um, it, it was <laughs> he, he does have that music video style um, which comes into play with Mommy as well so Tom at the farm is an actual departure for him mm. from the team because mm. mm. there isn't there isn't much music video in us in Tom at the farm. No, no. Um, so I um, yeah, but there's all that god awful Gabriel Yared attempted. Let's like let's try and show that there's some sort of like a eerie undercurrent by having some dodgy strings. No, dodgy what? Strings. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. No, I wasn't feeling that. The thing with Tom at the Farm is, I didn't mind Tom at the Farm, but mm. it's... Well, I don't think it's terrible. The, the psychology is very obvious. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, and with it's the so... fact that he's cast this beast of a man as the brother, 
it's a bit of a gay guy's fantasy playing out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, uh, sort of uh, submissive, uh, yeah. submissive, frail, out guy, um, sensitive, um, more, more effeminate uh, type guy gets this um, closeted beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And but the tango it, scene as well is very put on. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't feeling that. And um, the, the one thing I quite, the one thing I liked psychologically was that the um, uh, the guy was literally um, uh, there was the guy's relationship with his mom that she he was probably like this then when that's because he was so uh, battered <laughs> as a child by his mother. <laughs> uh, because she's such a dominant figure, but um, yeah. And when Brochu turns up, uh, I think she's too. I was really disappointed with the performance. She's just so frenzied, and um, then it just the it just it's so schizophrenic. It just jumps um, from her being like scared for everybody in the in the building's life to oh yeah, let's have a laugh and get pissed in the car. No, sorry, too much of a jump. <laughs> It's. I think. I think she plays it quite well though, because she's the stranger really that mm. comes in, and she's like, "Oh shit!" Like what? She what sees it. For, she sees it for what it is straight away. Yeah, and the the most interesting thing for me was the fact that it, the mother didn't know, mm. or was try. Or if she did, she was denying it. Massive about denial. Some, yeah. Mm. Um, and how that? I don't know. I think Dolan's actually quite good in it. Um. I think he, um, I think he gets better the longer it goes. Frankly, I like his scene in the bar with the barman. I think he acts yeah. that well. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's an untalented actor at all. I think he's just a poor man's Dave Franco. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and how significant is the windmills of your mind cover at the beginning? Because I got slated by Irene for this. Well, obviously, it's the whole point of the film, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's my problem with it, really. I mean, you've got all these like um, sweeping uh, uh, helicopter shots and all these like wide, expansive things, and then it's a new, it's like a massive monster closer. I don't think, I think uh, uh, you can, in some of the other films this week, namely The Gunman, you actually see a, a more uh, consistent uh, visual style. And yeah. I, think, I think that was kind of my, one of my problems with the presentation of the film. But this is, I mean, this is what he's like, though. He's he's a youngish guy, and he's like, I think you could see in the films that he's young. And you yeah, see, a bit you like um, Sarah Polly, the end of Away With Her, when suddenly there's a spinning shot around them, which is completely yeah. at odds with the rest of the film. Yeah. You can see him trying to find his foot in, and the fact that he's making films about himself. Mm. They're all pretty much about himself and how or, he's Or feeling. his issues, yeah. 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 I think once he gets past that, he might make something a bit more consistent. Well, that's why I suppose with Tom Hanks, it's the thing—the one thing that's uh, based on somebody else's work. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. But Mummy, I mean, Mummy. I think Mummy's the most interesting of his films, and uh, it's the Roby, best acted. Roby gave it a bit of a uh, not pasting, but he was pointing out a lot of flaws. You can be gave it like three stars. I think that's fair. Mm. Yeah, but. Um, Andor Val's amazing in it just a really titanic mother performance and it's got like an interesting family unit because the it's sort of two females who are bringing up this troublesome kid but they're not lesbians like it's yeah. it's just an interesting kind of 
family unit that you haven't seen before, really. Takes the sexuality out of it for him. Yeah, mostly, yeah. Um, and it, it kind of asks questions about what it means to be a good parent, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, also to be a good trailer maker. I mean, Ellie Goulding? No. <laughs> that's what. I mean, that's also part of why it looks so cheesily commercial. Got an Ellie Goulding song all over the trailer. Mm-hmm. Why do people like her, by the way? Speaking <laughs> of, there's Ellie Goulding later as well. Really? Oh, wait, no, that was Divergent. That was the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Starry Eyed was in the first one. Really? Yeah. Mm. I think um, we've probably upset Arini, so I'm just going to make some quick amends. Mm. Hopefully that'll that? appease her. What's that for? Private joke. <laughs> no, it's the Greek national anthem. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's called. It's called hymn of victory or something. Hymn, hymn to victory. We heard that a lot in two thousand and four. Then we did. Yes, it's actually hymn to liberty. So. Liberty, whatever. Yeah. All right. So tell me about the gunman, or AKA Sean Penn's biceps. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's quite. Uh, ridiculous. The government uh, is about a guy, Sean Penn, who works for a private security contractor in Congo. Uh, they are there to protect um, uh, people doing various aid work, but but they also have a side contract uh, where they basically uh, go around uh, working as a uh, hit squad. <laughs> And uh, this is uh, arranged by uh, one civilian who is arranging it is a guy called Felix, who's played by Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem wants to shag um, Sean Penn's uh, girlfriend, who is played by Jasmine Trinker. Uh, <laughs> Google image. She was in the Best of Use and the Sun's Room, and the Cayman, and she's in a lot of uh, Italian stuff. Um, uh, and uh, they end up. Uh, assassinating the minister for mining in the Congo and uh, what then happens is uh, one of the three uh, pulls the trigger uh, Bardem gets to choose who it is he chooses Sean Penn because then he will have to leave the country and uh, he will be able to get his uh, claws into Sean Penn's bird cut to eight years later Sean Penn is back in the Congo where he is uh, working for a non-government uh, organisation, and three men come to kill him, and then he is drawn back into this uh, web of his murky past, coming back to haunt him. So I've heard a lot of criticisms of the film, um, mm. because but basically critics saying that Sean Penn's trying to become what Liam Neeson is. Is that fair? I don't think... I didn't get that impression watching the film. The impression I got was that it was ridiculous that uh, the man clearly doesn't have any opportunity to lift during the film, and yet he maintains that physique. <laughs> <laughs> what? So his role's not really action based. Well, no, it is, well, no, it is. He's a he's, an, he's a former he's a former uh, he's an assassin. Uh, but the thing is, it's all issue based, and this is why I think Sean Penn was interested in it because you've got the uh, issue of. Um, 
the politics of uh, Congo with all the natural resources uh, being and the, the war, blah, 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 blah. You've also got, um, Sean Penn's got um, a post-concussion syndrome. So, um, <laughs> exactly, which is like, it's a big deal in American sport. But so it's like you've got this debilitating um, uh, aspect for him. But that is really, really, really tacked on. What um, is post-concussion syndrome? It's basically where um, uh, there's a, there was a guy called Junior Seau who uh, was uh, one of the best linebackers for the uh, in, in, in the NFL. Uh, for, he played for the uh, Chargers and then the Dolphins. And he ended up killing himself afterwards. It's basically a cumulative um, uh, concussions that go unchecked and then you end up doing brain damage. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so he's got a screw loose, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so it's all very good, but my, my problem with this film it, it's not that Sean Penn's trying to make himself into an action star I think it's just that I've seen this film so many times before where you've got the story of the bloke who's, do, who's done, the, done the job and then the job comes back to haunt him and then he's got to go and just find out who's done it it's just it's just nothing new on show here the only thing that's new is the trimmings around it and um, in terms of the, in terms of the specific issues that um, Penn's, Penn's produced this film, he's also uh, co-written the screenplay, and um, basically it's an excuse for him to work with a lot of actors that he wants to, because Mark Rylance is a uh, well, he's really big now at the moment because he's on Wolf Hall. Yes, but, yeah. Uh, but um, he's got an impeccable reputation on stage. I mean, I only really know him from intimacy <laughs> with him and <laughs> Kerry Fox all those years ago. Um, uh, and then obviously we know what Penn, Penn went to bat for um, Bardem uh, getting nominated for Beautiful. Yes, yeah. Um, Didn't somebody else do that? Was it Judy Roberts? Probably someone like that. I think she um, held a party for him. Mm. Mm. But uh, yeah, Bardem's um, not very interesting in this film. It's probably closer to um, uh, The Counselor, sort of. The no country. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's just the whole triteness of the. Um, is it, this is it's ridiculous in the plotting as well. It's like uh, Bard, Bard, Bardem has stole has stolen um, Sean Penn's girl, and then uh, Sean Penn, uh, Sean Penn turns up, and then uh, the second she sees him, she's like, like as soon as they're alone, she just walks in, she's going back to his house one night, and then just, without saying any words, they just start shouting. It's just it's just ridiculous, even though she's married to Bardem. And then she's only got married to him out of obligation or thank you for picking me up after I was so wasted when uh, um, Penn left and all this sort of... It's just, it's just really staggeringly unconvincing and overdone. And uh, uh, the problem is really just, just that um, they've got three people written it. One person is the guy who wrote The Avengers back in the 90s. Oh, uh, that's not good. The other person, Sean Penn, and then when it event, when it basically ends up being them running around Barcelona in a ball ring, I was actually already getting a uh, vantage point vibe before I realised that the guy who did the screenplay was the guy who did vantage point as well. So between the three of them, it's just uh, it's a uh, it's just a non-starter, frankly, and it's only really only really exists because Sean Penn wants it to. It's a bit of a, I'd say it's really a vanity project for him. It's vantage point. That was the one with the. St- where everybody had their own Valencia, Valencia where like uh, cuts to someone else's perspective every ten minutes. Yeah, and what and the guys there's an assassination attempt or something. Yes, isn't yeah, 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 yeah. And that was weak. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, the do ending. Sorry, go. Well, what do you think about Morel's style? Because do you think it's cheap? Is the budget big on this or? 
I don't think it's cheap. I think it looks fine. I think it looks better than um, uh, Neeson's film, the, the Jean Cocteau film. Yeah, I think it looks better than uh, Run All Night, certainly. Um, but I, I guess the uh, the problem is really it's just that I mean, how old is Sean Penn? I mean, fifty. Yeah, he's in his fifties. Uh, Jasmine Trinker's my age. She's younger than me, and. Um, it's just another one. I mean, okay, fine. Sean Penn, Sean Penn as presented in this, uh, is just a beast in the gym, clearly. But I mean, how he gets the chance to, how he gets the time to uh, um, even do his uh, shakes in the morning, let alone uh, go out and kill someone, uh, is completely beyond me. Um, <laughs> do you know he's going out with Charlize Theron? Fifty-five. <laughs> Sean Penn. Wow. No, but it's, him and Theron are pretty serious, I think. Well, no, no, yeah, but that's because he's Sean Penn. It's not no, when when you're when you're a, a cold-hearted assassin. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. a bit different. It's a bit of a stretch. Mm. It's like Guy Pearce in the Rover. You just wouldn't go there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's just another one of these ridic- ridiculous Hollywood twenty-plus uh, year age gaps, uh, just because uh, the leading men don't want to admit how old they are. And uh, that's what it feels like. Weak stuff. Mm, it is. It is. It's. Uh, it's. It's. You, you've seen it done before, many, many times, and done better. Okay. Was this a four? Yeah. Probably. It depends how harsh you want to be. It, it, it's watchable enough. It, it. It is. But I think I probably was giving it a five, but. Um, just because, just because of how I just talked about it, probably is a four. I don't know. Okay. Right. Right. Um. So the voices. The voices. Okay. This is um, stars Ryan Reynolds as a guy who works at a factory that manufactures bathtubs. Hmm. He's a lovely, kind of unassuming guy. But he's got like a mental illness, um, which he takes tablets for, and he visits his therapist, who's played by Jackie Weaver. (laughs) He has a crush on one of the admin girls at the factory, who's Gemma Arterton. Obviously. Obvs. Who agrees to go on a date with him, kinda. Um, She stands him up, and then he ends up giving her a lift back. And on the way home, they get into a car crash uh, in which she gets injured. He ends up killing her, not really intentionally, um, but he gets kind of increasingly unhinged as the film goes yeah. on and you realise that he isn't taking the tablets. Mm. Meanwhile, Anna Kendrick also works at the factory um, and he has a dog and a cat, which both talk to him. Mm. <laughs> In full Doctor Doolittle fashion. The re- really? the remake. <laughs> um so it's it's weird. It's full on weird. Yeah. But it's like and I resisted and resisted this film for as long as I possibly could, in terms of liking it. Because it's just it isn't as funny as it should be, really, with the talking animals. I think because you've got like the cat is really crude, and um, just whenever he's talking about Arterton, he's just going, "Shaga, get her here, Shaga," all that kind of stuff. 
He's like the cat's like the devil, right? And the dog's the angel, and that kind of in his conscience, it's weird. Mm. Mm. And Ryan Reynolds voices both of these as well. Really? Yeah. Oh God. So it's sort of like it sounds bad. Yeah. And it sounds silly. And it's the kind of humour I'm not really into. Um, the jokes, I would say, hit and miss um, mm. in the first half. It gets better in the second half. But it's just, it's not really... The, I kind of ended up liking it, but almost in spite of itself. <laughs> because it's really predictable. Because dramatically, how many ways can you go, really? It's pretty, oh, yeah. it's fairly obvious that Ryan Reynolds is getting, veering into psychosis. Yeah. So how many, how much can you show of that? Like him fumbling into killing another person and killing another person. Yeah. And it's not really um, satisfying dramatically, but mm. because the tone of the film is so crazy. Um, I don't necessarily think it's just the tone. I think it's Reynolds as well, but the tone really does work because it balances like this kind of wry comedic look, um, a completely, completely terrible situation, you know, tragic situation without being too forced, um, or patronizing. So it's not like, it isn't like an Eddie Murphy film. It's it's a bit better than that. It's got more substance to it. It takes something incredibly serious, uh, doesn't brush off the subject matter, the core point of the film. You know, it's this look at mental illness. With, Lars and the Real Girl style. Maybe it's probably got similarities. I've not seen Lars and the Real Girl. But it's just this. It's Gosling's best performance. Uh, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. <laughs> Even close. <laughs> the nom that never was. <laughs> yeah, we, that was never happening. I'm sorry. Him and Hirsch. Yeah. And well, the thing is, you can make an argument. I mean, McAvoy, Atonement, Denzel, American Gangster. There's a lot going on that year. Yeah, and they picked. Um, who did they pick? They picked Viggo. Day and Lewis, Johnny Viggo. Depp. Tommy Lee Jones in uh, Tommy Lee Jones in the Valley of Elah. Yeah. Really great in, in the Valley of Elah. I didn't like the but film, but I thought it was good. I haven't thought about that film in about five years. No, there's no need to beyond him. Mm. Just a flag waving. It's sort of like I like Murder She Wrote, but there's a reason why Murder She Wrote in the last forty minutes. And that's like a glorified episode of Murder She Wrote. Yeah. With a little bit of patriotism thrown in. A fair bit, a bit, a bit in the more, more in the bit. <laughs> oh, Clint. Um, but I am surprised he went with Depp, just because, I don't know, the film, they didn't love the film. No. And HBC was the best thing in it. Mm. Or Colleen. Um, yeah. So, where we... Yeah, so, Lars and the Real got right. Okay, I'm rewinding myself here. But Reynolds, I mean, he's just... This is a positive look at mental illness in terms of looking at the inescapability of it. So, it's like crime as a product of disease rather than evil. 
And I like that idea because I, I just don't like these 2D representations of criminals. Yeah. Even though he's done a terrible thing and he's killed Gemma Arterton. It's the worst thing anyone can do ever. Exactly. Um, I was going to bring up that horrible <laughs> time you mentioned Arterton with the purge. I can't remember. Oh, 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 vaguely, vaguely, yeah. <laughs> People can rewind to the episode we did Byzantium. God. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously you don't want Ryan Reynolds to get away with it, but this is a positive look at mental illness, and he holds everything together incredibly well. It's such a great performance. Mm. It's like, because it's childlike in the way that, um, like handicapped performances can be, yeah. Like, but it's not. It's not like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man just went and stabbed somebody. It's not like that. It's yeah. it's pitched very well in the middle um, to make it seem like he's capable of it, but he is good-hearted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's gradual, and I think the way he handles it is really expertly done. Actually, you know, I'm mm. surprised. Um, supporting cast is good, uh, especially Jackie Weaver. Mm. I think I think even you would like her in this. Yeah. Just because it's like she's the therapist and she's got a lot of these. She has to react um, in. To, <laughs> she has to react in horror to the various things that she realizes he's done. Um, but the way that she she does it is amusing. So and um, Anna Kendrick is also really good. Mm-hmm. Um, just in a nice, general, sweet way that she is. <laughs> and um, Arterton is has less to do, but she's mm. she brings her usual feist. Mm. Mm. So, so a B. Just mm. it's kind of a grower. It's crept up on me. I think even though halfway through I still wasn't sure about it, I'm still going to give it a B because I think it's um, it's something interesting that you don't see very often. Okay, so film of the week. Film of the week. This is the Divergent series. Insurgent. You or me? You. Okay. You're, you've just seen the bloody first one. You've got to, anyway. Right, so Insurgent carries on where Divergent left off. With Kate Winslet wanting to kill as many people as is humanly possible, or, or inhumanly possible. Except uh, somewhere in the midst of all this, Shailene has had a haircut. Yeah, it's called The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> what happened is uh, Shailene got cancer, died, and then... Uh, I assume she dies in that film. And <laughs> Actually, she doesn't. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then stop shagging her brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically, um, uh, they're all on the run. They're hiding in uh, Octavia Spencer's um, faction. And uh, then uh, basically, uh, <laughs> Winslet is divergent hunting. In in the most Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter of ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, everybody else is trying to find a way to uh, combat Winslet's maniacal grip on the world. <laughs> it's almost like you've wrote this, I love it. <laughs> I know. And so they go to um, uh, Theo's mom's place, which is basically namely what's discovered uh, hair dye, and it absolutely works. How <laughs> how loud did you squeal when Naomi Watts turned up? Oh my god! Did you know so, she was turned in it? I didn't. Know, I didn't know she was turning up, and I certainly didn't know she was going to be brunette. And she, uh, actually, I think might have actually said, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I think I, "Oh my god!" it out loud um, because, she was just so fo- because she was just so foxy. It was ridiculous. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Every time she came on came on screen, I was just like, I just like this is just crazy. Why hasn't she been brewing out all these years? <laughs> it's like it's like the the two. The, it's like the minute in Diana when she wears the wig, and you're thinking, oh my god, so fit. Times by whatever screen time she's in this film with a better wig. Mm. Is it a wig? No, I think she dyed her hair actually. Okay. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, they're all after Winslet, and Winslet's after all of them, and uh, there's a box and uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think this film, more than the original, kind of draws attention to some of the more dodgier elements of the plot setup. Yeah. So like the world in which they live, because they don't really talk about anything outside of the world in the first one. No. But in the second one, they do. And it's you like fa- the giver. Yeah. You find out that there's this whole world outside, and they're like, are they supposed to be in Chicago or something? Yeah, I don't know. It's On basically the, the giver. It's, it's the giver meets the maze runner. Really, it's just it's just gone from something that was quite it was quite similar to other things, but uh, interesting in its own right. Something that is just completely um, that's uh, harsh. The, the, the same as everything else, generic. It's just like it's just this is to uh, this sort of like dystopian teen fiction what the gunman is to uh, the average action film. I just I'm so disappointed with this, especially the Chris Nolanism. Oh my god, the eye rolling. The plots, verbalization of of subtext, and just the cheesiness and oh god, Shailene, what are you? Oh, oh. The scene, there's a scene where they've they've gone to the people who are really honest, so they've got to be really honest uh, in order to prove that they're actually really honest. <laughs> and I think she gets given the truth serum, and I was just cringing. I was thinking, Shailene, because Shailene tries her little socks off, bless her. But it's so badly written. It's. I thought she was great in that scene. I think she tries, but you, I could see her trying. And I was just, oh, by that point, I was just embarrassed for everybody on on show, apart from Naomi Watts, because that was just ridiculous. Well, what's in a good way. what is good in, about this is Naomi yeah. Watts in, in 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 with brown hair. That's what's good about this film. <laughs> is that I'd noticed more in this one. That um, the people, all the people in power, are women. Mm. It's like it's a full-on matriarchy. Well, it's the woman wrote it. Yeah, but it's interesting to see that in a film. You don't really see that. I'm as not in the Hunger a, Games. As but... opposed to a Neil Blomkamp film, where all the women are just um, <laughs> horrendous. Well, they are kind of all villains in this, but I suppose Bashanin isn't. Um, the Octavia Spencer isn't. 
Yeah. But there's just so so much that you think, oh, you know, it's like Miles Teller. You, mm. The whole turncoat politics between Miles Teller and Shailene's other boy, Ansel uh, Elgort. Mm. It's like where their allegiances lie. You're never quite sure. The film's never quite sure. It you know it twists and turns. You think this wouldn't go on for that long? No. They wouldn't trust um, either of them. At, no. one, at some point, you'd have to cut them loose. Yeah, yeah. It's just it just smacks of um, like uh, this again. If there aren't at least three people having written this, I would be very very surprised. It just feels like um, different people have had to go to try and like amp up as much drama in there as possible, and it just feels overstuffed and repetitive and um, overcooked as a result. I wouldn't. I'd say overcooked. I wouldn't say overstuffed, because hmm. it's like, it's this is the middle film, hmm. and you can kind of tell because it's like not a lot happens in terms of like progress. I mean, no. like because I, I mean at least forty five minutes must be spent on those, re those her opening the box, yeah, which is fine. I actually think the. Uh, house sequence, the burning house sequence is actually really well done. Yeah, but then everything after that is just obvious. That you know, and what is with this, the dream sequences are so ham-fisted and overdone um, and just done to try and mess with you. Uh, so but by, by the time you get to the box, you know exactly what everything is. There's no surprise on any of that. And it becomes a bit like um, The Last Temptation of Christ. I can't believe <laughs> I'm comparing this. <laughs> it's like I, it's like I always thought uh, when you uh, when you list like the Bible story of like um, uh, Jesus in the wilderness, what have you, and you've just got the devil on uh, on, on your shoulder. And you, I've seen it. Uh, Scorsese talked about this and how it's never really that much of a um, uh, temptation for him uh, because uh, if you're the son of God, then it's like, well, yeah, well, okay, I'm the son of God. Like, it doesn't matter what you, what you say to me as the devil. Yeah. Um, it's really easy for me to say no to that. So that's why the last temptation of Christ, they actually try and do it a bit differently and try and make it as if there, there is a real genuine pull for, for uh, to like, of course that is in that film, giving him a human, um, uh, uh, what he can't have, which, which is, is a, a normal human family life. Whereas in this, is, it gets, yeah. That's why is, it was so controversial. Yes, you, because it was. it's all about how divine slash human the man is, slash was, slash isn't. Um, <laughs> delete is applicable. Um, but uh, with this, um, when it gets to that, uh, it's it's a similar sort of thing. It's kind of like the the devil um, just sat on, sat on her shoulder saying, "Well, why, why didn't you why didn't you just do this? Why didn't you just do this?" And you're thinking, "Well, no, she needs no, she needs to get through this. She knows it's a simulation, so she's just gonna say no." Yeah, I feel like everything after the Dauntless, uh, all of the other tasks that she has to do. It's like anyone could do that. It's yeah. like there's obvious decisions to be made. It's not as if, oh, she's the only person ever in the world that could do this. And it doesn't have the uh, the intrigue of the first film where she's actually actively trying to hide it. She she knows the way that she wants to do it, but she can't get out of it. She shouldn't be getting out of it the way that she does get out of it. Yeah. And nowhere near as interesting as how it's done in the first film. Yeah. Also, what I was surprised... The thing is, I mean, I've, 
got a lot of issues with the Lord of the Rings. But there's something to be said for filming things uh, all at once. Yeah. Because there's quite a big... I wouldn't say... Yeah. There's a there's a notable change between Shining in the first one and the second one. And it's supposed to have been five days. Behaviorally. Yeah. And I blame that on the script because I think what she has to do is... I think what she has to do, she does. Uh, she does well, but it's... It's it's still a bit of a leap. I mean, I felt like this was too much of a tonal leap compared to something like The Hunger Games, which also uh, leaps forward with Jennifer Lawrence's character in the second one as much more independent. And um, I suppose they can put it down to what happens with a mother at the end of the first film, but... Um, yeah. But, yeah. Having to grow up on the run, mm. etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I I still think the film's really watchable. Um, I think that they cleverly divert your attention away from the fact that not much is going on. <laughs> um, so I don't. While the film isn't like, hasn't got a great amount of substance. I mean, but how how does Theo get there at the end? It just drops out of nowhere. It just there's so many plot holes and bridge logic and what have you and then when you're adding in that to the fact that they're playing fast and loose with dream sequences as well oh god yeah sorry to interrupt the positivity there sorry I was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say they do they do well to divert your attention yeah um, yeah visually Uh, I do think it's directed quite well um I think you could see the European sensibility in it anyway. Mm. And I don't I think it looks more artful than many other films of its type, especially the Maze Runner. Yeah. Which looked bloody terrible. Mm. Um, yeah. But very very big feel of the Maze Runner for me on this one with um uh Winslet, what have you just to Doing the experiments, etc., etc. Winslet's quite good. She's fine. Yeah, she's fine. I mean, there are no mysteries to her character at all, and you know exactly. There's no, you know exactly at every single turn how she's going to react in any certain any given way. Yeah, but but, but then it just, isn't Jodie Foster. No, she's trying to get some sort of like she does try to get some sort of like um, desperation to it all, but. There's, she's not helped at all by what's on the page. No, it's it's just single-mindedness. Mm. I wanted to bring up Shailene because I do think Shailene is one of my favourite actresses now, under 30. Mm. So I wanted to re-bring up the, the, best, a- the best actress under 30. Um, is, is Debbie Hugh Francois still under 30? <laughs> actually, she might... Actually, she... 2000... Five was uh, the uh, was long form, and I think she was nineteen when she did that. Off the top of so my she head. should be still in there. Yeah. But I did a quick Twitter poll. Only three people answered, but you know. So the three answers I got were, mm. what? The three answers I got were, Carrie Mulligan. God. <laughs> Mia Vazakovska. Yeah. And Emma Stone. Oh, apart from Charlene. Yeah, Debbie Francois has got two more years of it, so um, for me it's her. 
and that's based on L'Enfant. Um, Popular. More the page, more, more the page turner than L'Enfant. I think she's fine. I think she's quite good in L'Enfant. I think she's really good in the page turner. And then uh, she's good in the first day of the rest of my life. She's very good in Unmade Beds, which was um, a uh, film four film with the uh, from the guy who did, uh, Alexis dos Santos who did. Um, is it uh, Glue? One of the Argent- Argentinian ones from the um, last decade. But Unmade Beds is an interesting film. It's very, very, very quirky and very, very, very indie. Um, but yeah, then with Debbie Francois, then you've got. Um, yeah, obviously popular. She's really, really good, in, and uh, uh, there's a couple of others in there as well, which I like her in. Yeah, is there anyone else you can think of? Um, young actresses. I mean, you have to think about people who haven't really had an opportunity, like somebody like Catalina Sandino Moreno. Mm. Although she might be in the thirties now, but she never really got the opportunity to build on that Maria Full of Grace performance. No, I mean, she, I think she's very, very good in uh, The Hottest State, but um, she doesn't have a lot to do there, and that's pretty much the best role that she's been given, really. Um, it's since... from the men's pers- perspective, though, isn't it? So... Exactly. And uh, really, that's about... That's Weber's film, really. Yeah. Um, Becky Hall's probably gone past 30 now, hasn't she? Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, for me. Elizabeth Olsen's got to be... Up there, yeah. It would be it would be uh, one of the more obvious shouts, um, and then um, so I'm just looking at a few of my um, lists. <laughs> well, the poots, the poots is on the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> judging by Jimmy, all is by my side. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's only the one. But... <laughs> In all fairness, that is anyone. Yeah, I think um, Elizabeth Olsen's going to uh, runs um, runs her closest. Although I'd like to see Astrid Bergfriesby do something, um, do another thing that's really, really good, because uh, I thought she was quite good in um, I Origins, and I thought she's yeah. I thought she's very good in uh, World Lee's Daughters. So she's got potential. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm going to give. In the Divergent series, Insurgent, a C plus. Yeah, four out of ten. Okay. All right. So, Shag Mario Kill. Are we including the Dolans in this? Um. Well, no. I'll just shag the voices. Um. Out of ins- out of uh, Insurgent and the Gunman, I would marry the Gunman and kill Insurgent because I don't think. I know why Insurgent exists because it's cash cow milkage because it's a trilogy yeah. uh, but I, I really wish it didn't because I think it casts a um, uh, stain on the first one which is quite good okay I well I'll shag the gunman um, marry the voices even though that's a stretch mm. and uh, kill Insurgent great the double homicide indeed indeed okay it's the position <laughs> Here we go. Right, so the gunman. Uh, Trinker. Does Brochu not count then? Are we, well, are we gonna include, oh, you, you want to include Brochu? Well, Brochu's obviously yes. Okay. Um, Even blonde? She's blonde, isn't well, she? Well, she was, she, was blonde in, she was blonde and frizzy in um, Café de Flore, and she's amazing. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, uh, gunman uh, Trinker would have been a yes. Uh, she's about my age. She would have, would have been a yes in uh, Best of Youth. She's 
actually probably the best part of the best of you uh, that that storyline um but I don't think any more um the voices I'm assuming are Arston would be just because she's Arston absolutely um, um so and I'm Kendrick gonna... I mean Kendrick looks the same as she did in Cake yeah mm. Uh, and then Insurgent, um, Shailene um, is a Hathaway, is the ultimate Hathaway. Yeah. Um, and then Watts is just a Stonehenge-sized yes. <laughs> Ashley Judd? Um, once upon a time, but not now. Um, so what is that? Um, Wait, hold on. What about the tattoo artist? Can we talk about the tattoo artist who also does every test ever? Maggie the- Q. Yes, it's like Peter Sellers in Doctor Strangelove. She just plays everyone. <laughs> Again, once upon a time, yes. Um, so I'm gonna get yeah. So uh, what? Yes. Uh, Austin, yes. So it's a position of she's in fourth. So she's outside the medals this week. All right. So, well. <laughs> It's the Garrett Gage. Mm-hmm. We're going to start with the... Vo- are we start? Oh, actually, are we including Tom at the farm? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, you're including Mommy. I'm including Tom at the farm. Okay, Mommy, um, the kids are no, obviously. Um, the voice is Ryan Reynolds is being say dude mm-hmm. due to being A, shaven and B, um, kind of, effect, kind of, um, slow, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Yeah. There's nobody else in the film. Divergent series insurgent. Um, Theo James is being say dude. Because of the tax. No. Because I don't know. Because he could be. I could see him being. I thought he might be actually um, originally. It's, it's not too far off, mm. but Jay Courtney's a yes. Mm. Um, the guy who gets kind of brutishly killed, uh, who talks from the roof. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a yes. Okay. Um, is anyone else? Uh, the brother, but he's not going to be a yes for you. Douglas Booth isn't. Ansel's no. Ansel's a no. Uh, Miles Teller's a no. I think. Oh, and Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay, yeah, 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 he was back in the ER. Back in the day, maybe. Now, ER. probably not. Yeah, he used to annoy me on ER, but um, I think it was kind of the character rather than him as an actor. Yeah. Mm. So it's a three point on the gauge. Hmm. And Sean Penn will take it's too old, no matter how much time he, of his, no how many of his years he spent in the gym. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about Bardem? Um, no, say do. Say do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at Move for Podcast. Facebook in the Move for Podcast. Uh, you can ask us questions on the website. I don't know if anyone did actually this week. I haven't checked. Um, Next week we have Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that actually. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to um, Kate Blanchett's wardrobe in that. <laughs> Looks very promising. 
I like well, I like the teaser, so um, uh, it, it looks good. And we also have the Seventh Son, which is Julianne Moore. Yeah, following up the Oscar. Following the Oscar. Let's hope it goes don't, better than. <laughs> don't you just love that 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 clause of a sentence, Julianne Moore, following up the Oscar? Awesome. Let's hope she does better than Eddie. Or, uh, yeah, Redmayne, God, yeah. I thought you meant Murphy, but then he didn't win, did he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, justice. Mm. Uh, we also have Wild Tales, which is the Argentinian foreign language. I saw language. the trailer for that. I don't think I'm going to like it. Why is that? I don't know. I think it just looks... Um, Silly? Random, random and stupid. And I liked, I like um, uh, and Frenzied and Over the Top. Um, it looks like a sort of like Greek slash Scandinavian comedy, which doesn't necessarily, not a, none of that in a good way. Okay. Well, that but is I available. Like, but but Darren's really good, obviously. I mean, he's just, it's but uh, yeah. he's only, he's only going to be a little bit of it, isn't he? Um, I've seen the first segment of it. I think he's in that. So maybe the the overlap. No, that's possible, yeah. And we also have the return of Michael Winterbottom mm. with The Face of an Angel, which stars uh, Daniel Brühl and Kate Beckinsale. So why does that ring a bell? And it's I th- I thought it was about the Amanda Knox thing, but it seems like it's more vague than that. Really? But it's also got Cara Delevingne in it, hmm. the French supermodel. Do I know her? <laughs> Not personally, obviously. I didn't get to the orchestra with her. Your friend knows her. He's on. She's on his Facebook. Well, James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> so we have those delights to look forward to. Uh, do you have anything at your art house we can do? Or? Oh, oh, I've actually got the thing in front of me. What's the date for next week? <laughs> right. Um, we are looking at then uh, the... Yes, Kumiko, the Winko Kikuchi film is out around now. Okay. Uh, as is Force Majeure. As is Girlhood. Oh, Girlhood. Now that is not out. No, I miss, I've missed it. It was last Friday at a film festival. Damn. Uh, damn, 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 damn. Um, and then otherwise, uh, a more foo. Okay. Right. So we'll we'll clobber together something out of that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a jam? Well, I can tell you what it isn't. Okay, I'm. I'm just gonna submit to your. <laughs> Bitch, just bitch away and into yeah. the night now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So every single day, uh, uh, the radio station we listen to at work, free radio, uh, plays uh, John Legend and Sam Smith warbling away. Mm-hmm. And it's got to the point now that at least um, two of the three radios uh, on the shop floor get turned off every time that song comes on. And so I decided to tweet free radio this information. <laughs> And what was the response? Well, I, 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 I said that every uh, that every time uh, they play it, uh, we um, turn, off the, uh, turn off the radios, and a baby seal dies. So they sent me a message back saying, poor seal, and uh, put, giving me a picture of seal. 
And I was very tempted to respond, respond with a picture of, of Heidi Klum and say, no, not poor Seal. Thank you. 